Crossroads. Can I tell you, it is great to see you. I am so happy to be back from my sabbatical, to be home with my church family. I, I want to tell you, I love you guys. And I'm so honored that I get to wrap up our series, When Life Hits. In fact, we have an outline for our message this morning. Let me encourage you to take this out and use it to follow along. And I want you to think about this idea of when life hits. Man, life is hitting. You're not feeling good. You go to the doctor and they hook you up to a heart monitor. If you go to the hospital and they hook you up to a heart monitor, what do you hope to see? Like up and down, up and down, right? Up and that's what you want to see. And I want to tell you, you want to see that because that means you're alive, right? Well, you know, that's life, right? Up and down. Good times and bad times, joys and sorrows, victories and failures. Up and down, that means you're alive. Now, a lot of people wrongly conclude, man, I just want my life to be like this for a while. I just wish it would fall. Friends, you don't want to see this. You don't want to flatline because when you flatline, what does that mean? You're dead. You're dead. That's why I want to start my message with a great verse from the book of Ecclesiastes that says this in Ecclesiastes 11.7. It's a wonderful thing to be alive. It's a wonderful thing to be alive. Friends, I want to tell you whether your life is up or down right now. Man, your heart is beating. You've been given the gift of another day. The God of the universe loves you. He has a high calling on your life, and he's not done with you yet. He has good things for you. And, and this morning, I want to share some of the good things that God has for you when you find yourself at a crossroads. And I'm not just talking about our church, but I mean, you're facing some of the challenges and tough decisions of life when you're at a crossroads. You know, people face all kinds of crossroads in their lives, right? Relationship crossroads or vocational. Man, should I stay in this job? Should I look for another job? Or educational or financial or spiritual, emotional, even as a church. Sometimes we face a crossroads where we have to make big decisions about our direction and about where God is leading us. And, and this is what I know. So many of you right now, you're facing some big crossroads in your life. And it's stressful and it's scary and it's overwhelming because you're, you don't know, you know, which direction should I take? What should I do? Where should I go? Well, this morning, I want to share with you some key choices that you can make when you find yourself at, at a crossroads. And I know that these choices can really help you because they've helped me at different times, at different crossroads, and they're helping me right now. So they're on your outline. Would you write this down? Great choices you can make when you're at a crossroads. And the first one is simply to be brutally honest. To be brutally honest, especially with yourself, right? You know, this past week, I went on a, to a, a spiritual conference, and I was up at Mount Hermon, and in the conference, I'm sitting next to a guy, and he's wearing sandals, and he's sitting like this with his foot. I'm sitting right here, and his foot's right here. And all of a sudden, I noticed, man, things aren't smelling very good. <laughs> like, there's this, like, funky foot odor, and I'm thinking, man, am I going to have to sit the next two days next to this guy with smelly feet, and man, should I say something? And, and then the funny thing is, I later I go back to my room and take my shoes off. I'm laying on my bed. I'm just laying there, and I'm going, something doesn't smell right in this room. What is it? 
And I reach down, I pick up my shoe, and I go, oh my God, it's me. My feet stink. It's my, I had, to, I had to be brutally honest with myself. It was my shoes, my feet. Do you know Max, the business leader, Max Dupree, teaches that the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. That means you've got to take time to stop and think and be honest with yourself. No excuses, no pretending, no sugarcoating. That's when you go, man, it's me. And you know, that's exactly what the Bible tells us to do when you're in a crossroads. Jeremiah 6.16, such a cool verse because it has the word crossroads in it. That's why I love it so much. You know, Jeremiah 6.16 on your outline says this. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you replied, no, that's not the road we want. Would you underline the phrase, stop at the crossroads and look around? You see, this verse implies when you're at a crossroads, you need to take some time to stop and think and reflect and consider, where am I? How did I get here? Where do I really want to go? See, the truth is, some of you are at a crossroads in your marriage. And if you're real honest, you're a little disconnected and you're drifting. Man, you have to be honest. Some of you are at a crossroads physically with your health. You've gone to your daughter and your daughter says, hey, I, I hate to tell you this, but man, you're about 20 pounds overweight and you're pre-diabetic and uh, you got high cholesterol and you're at a physical crossroads. What do you do? Well, you have to start by being honest. Now look back at this verse because when you stop at a crossroads, it implies that you're going to have to make a choice about which road you're going to take. And this verse says you've got to decide, are you going to go God's road or your road? And I think for most of you here, you really want God's road. But how do you know which way is God's way, right? Well, that's a great lead into the second great choice you can make. And that's simply, would you write this down? To consult your roadmap. To consult your roadmap. When you're lost and you don't know which direction to take, look at the map. While I was at this spiritual retreat at Mount Hermon, they have a lot of great hiking trails. And at the beginning of one of the trails, they had this sign. I took a picture of it. It's Psalm 119, 105 that says this. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Did you know that God has given you a personal roadmap for your life? It's called the Bible. And in his word, he gives, he gives you light when you're stuck in the dark. He gives you direction where you, when you don't know where to go. In fact, if you're taking notes, somewhere on the side, would you write this down? It's not on your outline, but friends, you need to know this. God's will and God's ways are found in his word. God's will and God's way are found in his word. And if you want to take God's road, you need to follow God's word. Now think about this. Think about your crossroads because some of you, you are making some huge life decisions right now. Some of you are making decisions about what job to take, where to live. Should I buy a house? Should we get married? Should I get out of this toxic relationship? What school should I go to? And you're trying to find God's road and figure out God's will. Well, you know, look at what he says in his roadmap in Romans 12.2. Kind of tells us how to do that. This is what he says. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This verse is implying that when you are at a crossroads, don't just go the way of the world. Don't just think about your life the way the world thinks about it. Your job is to try to get God's perspective. God, what do you think? What do you say? And if you will find that and commit to go God's road, it says that God's will is good and pleasing. And it's a perfect destination for you. Let me, let me give you a personal example. I just realized not too long ago, I found myself at an emotional crossroads. Like I was just kind of, man, I had so many good things, so many blessings, but emotionally, I was just feeling kind of numb, kind of blah. And I just realized, man, just the demands of life have kind of sucked a lot of the joy of life right out of me. And man, I just wanted to kind of up my joy. So I said, man, I'm going to look at my road map. And I started studying, what does the Bible say about joy? And I discovered over 330 times the Bible talks about joy or rejoice, that it, it's the fruit of the Spirit that God wants to grow in me. And then I came across this great verse this week in my devotionals. I want to share it with you. Because my guess is I'm not the only one who needs to up their joy. And this is what it says in Psalm 1611. You, God, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. I think God was saying to me that he's going to show me the right way, the right road, and that I will experience joy as I stay close to him. And I want to tell you, man, I just have this confidence that very soon from this day, I'm just going to be able to stand before you and just tell you, man, God, I've upped my joy. Now up yours. No, I just, it's a little joyful joke right there for you. That leads us to our third decision, our third choice. When you're at the crossroads, be honest. Consult your roadmap. And number three, you want to seek God's guidance. You know, during my sabbatical, Karen and I had the privilege of traveling to London to go to an Alpha Leadership Conference, and they had this great speech, this famous artist, world-renowned Charlie Maxey, he's an ex-atheist, ex-addict, and he was telling his story, and he said these powerful words, I wrote them down, and I wanted to share them with you, this is what he said, Charlie Maxey very humbly said, I think the bravest thing I've ever said is help help. You see, when you seek God, his will, his ways, when you cry out to him for help, for direction and guidance, here's what God promises in James 1.5 on your outline. This is what it says. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all, which means he'll give generously to you. And without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Friends, if you're at a crossroads and you lack wisdom, you don't know what to do, you don't want, know what road to take, if you will humbly ask God for help and direction and guidance, and he'll give it to you without finding fault. I was thinking about this whole idea of guidance, and recently I came across this devotion about guidance that really spoke to me, and I'd like to share it with you now. It goes like this. When I meditated on the word guidance, I kept seeing the word dance at the end of the word. And I remember that doing God's will is a lot like dancing. 
Now, when two people try to lead, nothing feels right. The movement doesn't flow with the music, and everything is quite uncomfortable and jerky. When one person realizes that and lets the other lead, both bodies begin to flow with the music. One gives gentle cues, perhaps with a nudge at the back or pressing lightly in one direction or another. It's as if the two become one, moving beautifully. The dance takes surrender, willingness, attentiveness from one person, and gentle guidance and skill from the other. My eyes drew back to the word guidance, and I saw that G, and I, I thought of God. God. And then I saw you and I. God, you and I dance. That guidance means God, you and I danced. As I lowered my head, I became willing to trust that I would get the guidance needed for my life. And once again, I became willing to let God lead. That's my prayer for you, that, that you would dance with God and that you would do what it says in his word. When it says in Psalm 32, 8, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Friends, it's like God is reaching out his hand and extending his invitation. It's like God asking you, would you like to dance? Would you like my wisdom? Would you like my guidance in your life? Now, here's, here's the question. I mean, practically speaking, like, how do you get that? How do you have confidence that God is really leading and guiding you? We've already talked about consulting his word, the roadmap, prayer, seeking his guidance. But do you know one of the primary ways that God will give you guidance in your life? It comes from Proverbs 14, 11. Would you look at this uh, verse with me? It says, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. Would you underline that phrase, abundance of counselors? That means one of the main ways that God leads us is through the godly counsel of godly people in your life. Your pastors, your life group leaders, your life group members who, who know you and know God, who love you and who love God. It's just you got to position yourself in the place to receive that godly counsel. I think of all our different life groups right now and how they can give you encouragement and support and God's guidance to face your crossroads. Like right now, if you're at a relational crossroads, man, I think of our premarital group and our couples groups, or if you're in a physical uh, crossroads, I think we have Zumba and Spartan groups and a stretch class on Saturday mornings. Or maybe you're at an emotional crossroads because you lost a loved one. Or we have a grief group. Or maybe you're dealing with addictions or challenges. And we have a, we have a Celebrate Recovery group that's so much more than just addictions. This helps you with control issues, anxiety, eating disorders, codependency. And then maybe some of you, you're at a spiritual crossroads. And you're just trying to put the whole faith thing like, what do I do with the whole God, Jesus, faith thing? Well, do you know, we have an alpha group that starts this Wednesday. I'd love to just personally invite you to join me for alpha. I mean, it's awesome. We start with dinner, we watch a cool video, and then we just talk about it. And in the midst of all of that, God just finds a way to show up. 
Do you know you can find out more info about all those groups in our lobby, or you can just sign up uh, on your communication card. Now, here's the deal, the choices. Man, you be honest, you look in your roadmap, God's word, you seek God's guidance, and there's a fourth choice that you might find a little surprising, but would you write this down? It's where you choose to embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. And don't say, hey, Paul, we do that every time you give the message. No, don't, don't say that. Embrace the suck. If you, you don't know that phrase, it's really a military term. Comes out of boot camp, infantry, SEAL training. It's kind of this idea that, hey, you got to recognize and know in advance what you're about to go into, it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. It's going to take everything you have and then some. But you go into it and you do it because you know what you're fighting for. You know your training matters. You know it's of ultimate worth because like in military training, you know I'm going through this really hard thing because it will probably result in saving my life and the life of fellow soldiers. So, and, and, and then ultimately, you embrace the suck because you know that's ultimately what you need to, to become who you were made to be, to go in this new direction. Just understand in advance it's going to be hard and painful, and it's probably going to suck for a season. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis who says this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Did you know that maybe, just maybe the crossroads that you're in right now can be one of the most important God moments in your whole life? Could it be that God is working to move you? God is working to take you to a whole new place. One of my mentors told me, hey, Paul, one of your jobs as a pastor is to help move people. And here's how God moves people. He uses inspiration and desperation. That's how people move, inspiration and desperation. And maybe you're in a place of desperation right now. And you're really struggling to know, what do I do? What road do I take? Can I tell you, you're in a good place. You're in a safe place. Could it be that, that right now you're right where God wants you to be? In fact, I want to tell you, Karen and I, we started Crossroads 24 years ago, and we named it Crossroads because we wanted to reach people at a crossroads in their life and bring them to the cross, bring them to Jesus the one who loves you so much, he laid down his life for you. He gave his all so that you can be forgiven and have eternal life and peace and hope and healing. Could it be that God brought you to this crossroads, to this very service, because he's calling you out, because he wants to put you on a whole new road, like a real relationship with him? Now, I, I got to be just brutally honest with you. If you choose to take God's road, man, it's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult because God's way is the hard way. I mean, let's be honest. It's hard to build a great marriage. It's hard to parent well. It's hard to show integrity at work. It's hard to get in shape. 
It's hard to say no to sugar. It's hard to follow Christ in a world that's rejecting him. And it's hard to build a great church. And here's what God wants to tell you. Embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. Leadership expert John Maxwell says it this way. Everything worthwhile in life is uphill. All the way. You know, I've been trying to walk God's road for close to 40 years. And yeah, it's hard. But can I also tell you, it's also really good. God's road is hard, but it's also really good. And it leads to some really good places. And when you take that road, when you get further on your journey, you're going to look back in hindsight and you're going to praise God because he used it to bring good things in your life and to do good things through your life. That's what his roadmap tells us. Check out what it says in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. God says, consider it pure joy. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. This is God's way of saying, embrace the suck because you know it's going to produce really good things in your life. Well, there's one last uh, choice I want to challenge you to make, and it's a big one. But would you write this down, the fifth choice, when you find yourself at a crossroads, I want to challenge you to choose to make a bold move. Choose to make a bold move. Pastor Craig Rochelle says it this way, be bold. Little tweaks never change the world. Now, guys, let's, let's be honest with each other. I think one of the most challenging things that happens when you're at a big crossroads and you have to make a choice so many people choose fear over faith. So many people say, man, that's too scary, too hard. I, I don't know if I'll make it. I'm, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. And then they get stuck at the crossroads. And it's happened to many of you. And it's been happening throughout history. And it even happened to God's people in the Bible. Do you know one time God was leading his people to the promised land and they came to a crossroads. And God told Moses, Moses, send 12 spies to check out the land so that everyone will know that it's a good land. And so the 12 spies go out and they come back and 10 of the spies give their report and they say, man, this land is awesome. Man, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, but the people there, they're too big. They're too powerful, man. If we try to go in there, they'll just crush us like grasshoppers. And the 10 spies said that, but there's two of them. Caleb and Joshua said, no, 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 no. Man, God's going to help us. God's going to lead us. Man, let's be bold. Let's go for it. In fact, look at what Joshua said in Numbers chapter 14 on the screen. Joshua said, the land we traveled through and explored, it's a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he'll bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the people of the land. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. People are at the crossroads. Who am I going to listen to? Which direction am I going to take? Well, sadly, the people listened to the ten spies. And out of fear, 
They stayed stuck at the crossroads. And for the next 40 years, they ended up just wandering in the wilderness. No purpose. I mean, they missed it. They missed God's purpose, God's plan, God's promised land, and they all died in the wilderness. And as you think about your crossroads and the road you're going to take, where will you be a year from now? Five years, 40 years from now. Well, at the end of those 40 years, none of them made it to the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua had the high privilege of leading their children into the promised land. And as they began that journey, this is what God said to Joshua. And I think this is what he wants to say to you in Joshua 1.9. This is what it says. Be bold and strong. Banish fear and doubt. For remember, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Would you underline the phrase, God is with you wherever you go. So friends, be bold. Make a bold move. That's why I want to challenge you this morning. When you're facing your crossroads, make a bold move. Like if God is speaking to you to become a Christian, man, make a bold move and open up your heart and let Christ come in. If God has been speaking to you about uh, making your faith public, man, make a bold move and sign up to be baptized. Man, if you're stuck at a, a marriage crossroads right now, man, make a bold move and have the hard conversation. Sign up for counseling. Get in a couple's groups. Friends, if, if you're uh, spiritually at a spiritual crossroads, I want to say make a bold move and come to Alpha this Wednesday. It will, it will be, God will meet you there and give you just what you need for your faith. If you're at an emotional crossroads, man, you're heartbroken because you've lost a loved one. Make a bold move and get in a grief group or get in our Celebrate Recovery group. And then as a church, many of you know, man, our children's ministry, we're kind of at a crossroads right now. And some of you know that you are great with kids. You could teach, you could lead, you could greet, you could love God's kids. And some of you, you know you've been sitting on the sidelines way too long. Man, make a bold move. Sign up to help with our kids' ministry. Well, friends, we're at a crossroads moment right here, right now. Man, God's given me this message to share with you, like, be honest. Follow his word, his road map. Seek his guidance. Embrace the suck and be bold. See, I've done my part. And this is where, like, I pass the baton to you. And I ask you, what are you going to do? in light of your crossroads. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to God right now. Can you ask you put your pens and your outlines down? And in a bold way, would you just open up your hands to God? Would you just say, God, I just, I just let go of the things that hold me back from your will and your ways. And God, my hands and my heart, they're open to you and the road you have for me. And I want to pray for us. I want to pray the serenity prayer in light of this crossroads moment and in a crossroads way. And as I pray it, would you make this your prayer as well? Dear God, as I face my crossroad, I'm asking you 
to grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage and boldness to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And God, living one day at a time, I will find your joy in the moments, embracing the suck, accepting the hardships as your pathway to peace and trusting as Jesus did, taking this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it to be, trusting that you will make all things right as I surrender to your will. God, I'm asking you to bring me joy in this life and believing that I will be supremely joyful with you in the next. I'm open, I'm trusting, and I'm praying this serenity prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.